who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. What do you get when you take two childhood friends with a passion for unexplored history and a whole lot of booze? You get us, Queen's Podcast. And here at Queen's, we are spilling the tea on all kinds of women from history. From New Orleans voodoo queen, Marie Laveau, to Marie Antoinette, and everything in between. Each queen is paired with a cocktail recipe that will totally get you in the mood to hear the fun, dramatic, and juicy stories of fascinating women from history. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Cheers! Oh, hey everybody! Hello! It's Jenny and Kristen, and we have something very important to tell you. We miss you in a physical way, (laughs) and thus... Can I get HR on the phone? Yeah! And thus, with the 30th anniversary of the premiere of The X-Files on the horizon, we have decided to do a couple live tapings, a 30th anniversary weekend extravaganza this September. Do you even know, dear listeners, that it is the 30th anniversary? Because it is. Uh, uh, September 10th, 2023 will mark 30 years to the day from when the pilot episode of The X-Files premiered. So, uh... 30 years of the man, the myth, the monotone. 30 years of wearing a tiny little cross necklace on the outside (laughs) of your buttoned-up shirt as you round the bend seconds too late to have observed supernatural or extraterrestrial phenomena. (laughs) God, I hope that doesn't keep happening. A rich legacy. Yes, we're going to celebrate in two places in person. Where we can breathe on you and you can breathe on us. Saturday, September 9th, we'll be in Boston at uh, Arts at the Armory doing a live taping of the episode Darkness Falls. And Sunday, September 10th, we'll be back in the loving embrace of Brooklyn, New York at the Bell House covering tombs. Heard of it? How many livers? If he's back, it means he got the fifth fucking liver. Am I right? Well, no, I think he never hibernated. Oh, he's still looking for the fifth liver? (laughs) Yeah. Wow. 
Bring your livers to Brooklyn on September 10th, everyone. Um, Please. This is also notably the first time that we will ever have done a live event in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, So that is Mm -hmm. very fun and exciting. Tickets are on sale at 10 a.m. today if you are a patron of ours. Patreon.com slash BufferingCast. If you are a patron at any level, you have the codes to get those tickets at 10 a.m. today. If you are not a patron of ours, tickets will go on sale Friday, June 23rd at 10 10 a.m. Eastern time. If seeing us in person, if breathing on us and us breathing on you, am I really making this appealing? I'm selling it, right, Jenny? Mm-hmm. It's yeah, not enough wait. for you. We have VIP tickets at both shows. Both VIP tickets include early access, preferred seating, a screen printed poster that is so gorgeous. It is designed by Stephanie O'Byrne, signed by Jenny and I. And on top of that, if you're in Boston with a VIP ticket, you hang out with us before the show. And if you're in Brooklyn with a VIP ticket, you dance with us after the show. So there's a lot to be found. Jenny, I think you should be the one to tell them where they can find out more information about these two shows, September 9th and September 10th of this very year. If you are a minimalist, if you are a simple guy or gal (laughs) or individual and you just want just the facts, ma'am, you can head on over to bufferingcast.com slash live for all of the show details and links. However, if you are like me, you can go to my preferred custom <laughs> link, which is bufferingcast.com slash and then the letter X 30 times, <laughs> 30 X's for 30 years of the X-Files. Bufferingcast.com slash live or bufferingcast.com slash the letter X 30 times. Jenny was like, LOL, wouldn't it be funny? And then she looked at me so seriously and was like, can you do it though? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. We'd love to see you. These are two spectacular episodes. We can't wait to talk about them in person. Uh, You know how things go. We'll probably have some fun guests waiting in the wings to join us for these conversations. So Get your tickets. We'll see you in the fall. It's going to rock so hard. Wow. The EX Files, a podcast hosted by two ex-wives. I wonder if our current wives will join us on stage one of the nights. Hmm. Only time will tell. Only time will tell. Jenny. Speaking of (laughs) (laughs) ex-wives. Yeah. If you actually rearrange the letters of ex-wives, you can spell (laughs) Sex with sex. <laughs> Hang on sex a second. Hang with. On. Hang on a second. <gasps> <gasps> Kristen, <laughs> if you rearrange, <laughs> if you rearrange the letters in X wives, you can actually spell sex view, <laughs> which leads us right into very neatly the results of last episode's sexual tension awards. Great. Beautiful listeners, what would we do without you? Languish in ambiguity, wondering Mm -hmm. which of the four combos of noms belongs in which slot. We don't have to wonder today because you helped us out by casting your mighty votes. And thank you. In fourth place with 1% of the vote, for reasons that I feel will become obvious as we go through (laughs) the results... Uh, it's Mulder and Michelle. Sorry, Mulder and Michelle. Not this time. <laughs> they In tried. Third... They tried so hard. With the little waist touch. Mm-hmm. In 
third place with 5% of the vote, it's Scully and Michelle. Not enough firepower. Sorry, ladies. Mm -hmm. In second place, with only 28% of the vote, it's Mulder and Scully and Michelle. Do you feel like people didn't connect with Michelle on an emotional level? No, I think... It's hard to imagine getting... Sexy? Was that, was that your sign language for <laughs> yeah. sexy? Okay. Yeah, it's hard to imagine getting intimate with a woman who could at any time swerve her car off the road and crash it because uh, the sculpted face of a Mars mound swooped through the mists. What did Michelle do? It's not her fault that the Mars ghostie came out her car. I know, but it's just like not... You don't want to take that chance. You know what sure, I mean? I do, actually, but... <laughs> Many of Kristen you Kristen on Tinder swiping right on on uh, face mounds nonstop. Are you afraid of face mounds? Do you like long walks on the beach? Swipe right. <sighs> no, the reason that Michelle did not score high is because of the winner. Which you know, even if you, it's like sometimes people vote because they've seen the episode. Sometimes people vote because they hear you give the noms and they love the way that you talk about things. And sometimes people just read the words and make a decision. And I think that this is, <laughs> this is suffering under the weight of that. <laughs> mm, yes, 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 yes. Well, whatever the reason in first place with 66% of the vote, we've got Mulder and the space program. Which is congrats to Mulder and the space program. Mulder wants they have to a wonderful make life together out with that space program. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm on the mic. I have my two. Index. We've done this before. Index, index or yes, pointer? It is a somehow index, even though I can't believe it to be true. I have my two index fingers pressed together, and I'm smooshing them in a kissy way. Mm-hmm. One, one of them is Mulder, and one of them is the space program. In one little finger, Jenny contains the whole space program. You know what I mean? Wow. That's what they say about me. Those are your Sexual Tension Award poll results. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for voting. Oh, shit, Jenny. And- I think I see a meteor. <gasps> Kristen, I'm sure that's just a uh, spill of some kind of toxic material. I wouldn't worry about it. We're trying to contain an ecological disaster. It's a lot of firepower just to protect Mother Nature. I have my orders, and the license to execute them as I see fit. I suggest you forget what you saw or what you think you saw for your own well-being. We've got a downcraft in those woods, sir, and troops carrying live rounds. We both know what's out there. That's the EX-Files, a buffering rewatch adventure where we're watching and discussing every episode of the X-Files one by one, spoiler free. I am Jenny Owen Youngs, 
ex-wife of Kristen Russo, and I grew up watching The X-Files. And I am Kristen Russo, ex-wife of Jenny Owen Youngs, and I have only ever seen 10 episodes of The X-Files. Today we are talking about season one, episode 10, Fallen Angel. Fallen Angel was written by Howard Gordon and Alex Gonza and directed by Larry Shaw. It originally aired on November 19th, <laughs> oh my 1993. God. Three days hence, I was to turn 12 years old. <laughs> this is the one where, according to IMDb, the future of the X-Files project is jeopardized after Mulder secretly infiltrates the government cover-up of a UFO crash. Barely secretly is my uh, addendum to this. <laughs> <laughs> Producer Latoya Ferguson gives this episode a scary rating of one out of five meteors. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, meteors. Mm, you know what we mean when we say meteors? Uh, Latoya went on to say, just to be clear, this episode wasn't actually attempting to be scary, right? Uh, she cited the <laughs> don't watch this show alone promo in TV Guide, which, you know, Checks out for a lot of the episodes, but this one is a little funny. Um, Latoya noted the obvious riff on Predator, Invisible Creature. Mm -hmm. uh, I just called it Invisibuddy. Oh, we love yeah. that. Yeah. Invisibuddy. Uh, and also, <laughs> she also noted some very specific beats lined up exactly. You know when you have like... You know, in like an Indiana Jones movie, Kristen, now you know, I do. like in an Indiana Jones movie or what have you, they'll be like, look at this drawing. We didn't know what it was. It came from an old tome <laughs> stored in the back of my grandfather's watchmaking shop. <laughs> it's 300 years old and you take it out and then you overlay, you hold it up to the light and you place over it. The, the map that you brought with you yeah that's you know supposed to be useless but you know also supposed to be the thing that will lead you to the sacred artifact mm -hmm. and then when you put them together they're like one thing and you're like now i know how to get to the artifact uh why did i start talking about this because, because if you lay this episode <laughs> over the episode jersey devil mm -hmm. there are some significant lineups yeah. uh and we'll talk about them as we get into it. <laughs> oh, thank you, Latoya. Got we're getting some emails. Don't worry, Latoya will have some future layers. Uh, yeah, everyone's like, did the layer get yeah infiltrated by aliens? <laughs> Has <laughs> Latoya been abducted from her lair? She's listen. Latoya's out there on the fucking picket lines, striking so that writers can get treated the way they deserve to. So. She'll be back to her lair when you pay your writers, you sons of bitches. There, what Kristen said, yes. <laughs> oh. Now you see, now you feel the sting <laughs> of the no writer's No one strike. can have a Latoya's lair until you pay your writers. That's right. Um, all right, Jenny. Big thoughts on uh, this episode? Oh, gee whiz. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I like um, this one. I, I had a good time with this one. No, I mean, it's definitely, there are definitely some great things about this episode. Uh, Mulder in all black. Mulder doing, you know, infiltration. Mulder 
clinging by the strength of his biceps and fingernails and uh, whatnot to, to the, the bottom under- of an army truck. <laughs> the undercarriage of an army truck. In a I leather, mean- in a leather uh, jacket. Okay. Well, okay. I mean, that's how I get around. <laughs> he said, I'm going to Wisconsin. I know what I should pack. My leather yeah. jacket. <laughs> so, like, that's cool. Uh, You know... Max Fennig is a cute little weirdo. I like Max. And Max kind of, not to get ahead of ourselves, but Max is is kind of like laying some groundwork uh, for some individuals, Kristen, that you'll meet soon enough. Yeah. I actually referenced them very casually to you, thinking that they were in this episode before I rewatched it, but... um. My and mistake. I like I did that thing where you like pretend like you know what somebody's talking about and think like I'll just figure this out later and then when I when, went to yeah when I put together later. that I have just straight up lied to you and then I was like why was she just agreeing with me <laughs> sometimes you you got to pick and choose your battles when you live inside the mind of Kristen Russo you know you can't stop for everything you don't remember otherwise you'd be stopping <laughs> all the time <laughs> true 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 um yeah, Max, I think, is the reason that I really enjoy this episode. Well, Max and, like, the interactions of Max, Scully, and Mulder are simply delightful to me. Like, I think maybe some of my favorite Scully-Mulder relationship beats are in this episode because of Max and Max's sort of obsession with really both of them, but Mulder, of course, uh, and then by mm. proxy, Scully. Uh, but the the start of this episode is weird as fuck. And I assume that we will get, at least to me, it was a very, very bizarre way to open an episode and um, threw me at the jump. And also, I did some really important math for us, Jenny. Uh, let me just scroll down here in my notes. Uh, 12 minutes and 43 seconds pass without Agent Dana Scully. Uh, I did Boo. some. I did some multiplication, and that is um, 763 seconds without Dana Scully. Mm-mm. Total seconds in this episode is 2,152, giving us 35.45 percent of a non-Scully episode. There's no Scully in 35.45 percent of this, and I am not okay with that. I request to the network to never do this to me or any of us ever again. Uh, she was greatly missed. Kristen, you've really highlighted a conundrum here on the new pod. What do we call math that's specific to our world now that we're no longer in Sunnydale on top of the Hellmouth doing Hellmath? What kind of mathematics are we doing in the Mulder and Scully realm? I mean, the only thing that I thought of with my very simple mind was space math. <laughs> Okay, I think that's a great start. Yes, and uh, let's just keep kicking that ball. If anybody thinks of anything that we've overlooked that seems maybe obvious, (laughs) uh, do let us know on whatever social media platform you prefer. Thank you. Planetary math. UF math. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Listen, this is what it looks like inside of a writer's room, so... Um, this is what it looks like with while they're on strike. They're on yes, strike. <laughs> this is what you get. <laughs> um, okay, so the this show is, and I don't know if it will continue to do this forever, Jenny, but it loves a lower third. It loves to tell us where we are, what we're doing, what time it is, etc. Oh yeah, the lower. Th- 
the lower third of the start of this episode says Townsend, Wisconsin. Cool. 12.57 a.m. Cool. Mm -hmm. Day one. I'm pretty sure there's no other day noted in any other lower third in the episode. So I'm just wondering, day one of what? Uh, you know, maybe they start, they set themselves up and then they kind of forgot or they were using a, a scheme and then they decided not to use it, but then they forgot to delete it out of the first mm-hmm. little thing. Sure, sure, sure. Jenny, my, <laughs> my first note for this scene uh, this first scene is Deputy Wright calls in that there's a fire, but oh no, there's a little wee-woo interference. That's my summary of this first scene. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a fire. Yes, there's a fire up in the woods and some otherworldly static on the radio. Yeah, what so could we it know. be? Deputy Wright is not getting the support, it seems, that he needs. No. And then we go to the U.S. Space Surveillance Center in Cheyenne Mountain, Colorado. This guy comes into the. First of all, why do these people? Why do these people all work in the dark? Is this for real? Can anyone at a space surveillance center let us know if you all work in the dark? Is because I feel like the scene of like a bunch of people doing very important like aeronautic work being in the dark, where like their screens are black with like green writing and like things are glowy is very common in my mind and i'm just wondering like is that a thing do you all sit in the dark when you do air work is that is that part of it (laughs) please write to us at hello at bufferingcast.com we're desperate to know but this guy walks in and he's like there's an unidentified bogey and i got so excited that he said the word bogey and i was like i don't actually know what bogey means so i looked it up And a bogey is an unidentified aircraft. So this man walked in and he said, an unidentified, unidentified aircraft, which I thought (laughs) was delightful. Um, But yeah, there's a bogey. And the guy in charge, Colonel Calvin Henderson, is immediately like, what can we call this instead of a UFO? What she tracked was a meteor. Its aberrant movement was obviously due to instrument malfunction. But sir- Your report will reflect these facts. Is that clear? Did you notice that I have a flat top haircut? I'm very much in charge here. Coming right off of Colonel Belt to this colonel. Yeah, all these colonels. Everybody, are the colonels okay? <laughs> I don't know. Later, like not even that much later, this this colonel is like, code indigo, delta, echo, niner. And I was like, this they're just saying words. Yeah. Uh... What, I, what I was going to say, though, is coming off of Colonel Belt to Colonel... What's this guy's name? Calvin Henderson. Colonel Henderson was a was a uh, it was a rough transition for me. I really felt like if Colonel Belt told me to like march, I would march. But if this guy told me to do something, I'd be like, "You got to be kidding me, man!" Right? Like I just couldn't. Yeah, take this guy him. doesn't have an inherent air of scary military authority. No, it always kind of seemed like maybe he was pulling a prank like that. <laughs> why the like line delivery and stuff gave me that vibe but i was like is this guy serious yeah 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 we learn about operation falcon 
we hear fallen so you, yeah, angel. Do we learn about it or do we just hear that we it exists? We just hear about it. Yeah, it just exists. Operation Falcon exists, which is an operation to clean up UFOs, question mark. Fallen angel, a fallen angel. Now, if you're here with us from the days of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, a fallen angel is a uh, ensouled vampire, naked, sweaty, wet, uh, unclear what the what the moisture mm-hmm. is, um, who is summoned by a clotter ring from a hell dimension. Yep, yep. But here, a fallen angel is a whole a, other thing. It's a whole other thing. It's a cr- it's a crashed. That's what they call a crashed UFO. Fallen angel. Guess so. Okay, put it in my little fucking uh, UF Shanshu journal. You you could just put it in your X file, Kristen. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> uh, moving on to Operation Zoop Through the Woods with a Fisheye POV. Uh, this little guy. <laughs> Is zipping and zopping, uh, and zips right up to Deputy Wright, who seems to be attacked? Question mark by a very bright light? Question mark. Mm-hmm. He yells a lot, and uh, kind of like moves fast side to side, <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, I feel like we get this a few times uh, in this episode. Yeah. And- it doesn't make sense. Sort of it reads really weird. If you live in New York City um, and you've been waiting for the subway in the August heat, uh, it sort of looks like what the air looks like when it's really, really hot in a subway tunnel. It's like wiggly air. Or like if you're pumping gasoline, sometimes that happens, you know? It's like Also, yeah, when it's just hot, like outside is a place where it gets hot sometimes too. Not as hot as it gets down there. I've My yeah. biggest association with seeing hot air is down in the subway tunnels. Okay. But, okay. but I've never been never in like a road the trip desert. the desert, Kristen? Right, I've never been in the desert, so... But it's like a wiggly, it's a wiggly, I called it wiggly air alien. Um, and we are to believe, I mean, we don't learn this here, but this this species of alien burns right through you. As a matter of fact, it gives you fifth or sixth degree burns. I didn't even know that those were, I didn't know that was possible. I looked it up because I thought the show was making things up, but it is possible uh fifth and sixth are sort of like it's like third is when you burn through like most of the stuff but then there's still some muscle and bone (laughs) so i won't go into detail but yeah yeah this this alien will burn you right up unless you are molder in which case it will just flick you across the warehouse (laughs) or if you're max and then it will beam you right up scotty so we get a bit of a it's almost a montage. It's like this cutting. Is what I'm talking about that's weird as shit. Cutting. We've never seen anything like this on the show before. We're cutting back and forth between a uh, news report about a, quote, toxic cargo spill <laughs> in the evacuation of towns in Wisconsin. And then we see Mulder watching this news report, packing up his cat burglar gear. <laughs> Chatting with his bestie, Deep Throat, who tells him he has 24 hours till Townsend will be sanitized. Mulder, do you remember when just earlier this season you were lobotomized for less? He does not fucking care, Jenny. He is willing to lose it all for the touch of a sweet alien, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The first shot that we get of him running through the woods in his little cat burglar outfit, he really reminded me of... Katniss Everdeen. Oh, yeah. Just pulling back that 
bow and arrow string <laughs> pressing it against mm-hmm. his face yeah 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 he's just it's just it's weird to me because uh, like i i feel like if you looked at this episode the whole script you could say like okay we could let go of this this and like it, it feels like you could have made room in the episode to actually just give us a couple of the scenes. And maybe they were just trying to do something stylistically fun, um, but it just felt uh, weird to me. Um, like maybe they didn't know they were going to end the episode with this deep throat reveal at first, and then they decided to... It just felt... I don't know. It felt like they were smooshing stuff in at the beginning, but whatever. Mm-hmm. We get it. Deep throat said, go check that shit out. He says... There's an electronic fence around the planet that monitors the 7,087 man-made objects that orbit the Earth. We saw the payload last week. It was 7,086 before uh, last week (laughs) happened. They they released the payload number 7,087. And then my next note, apart from the closed caption, panting, which I thought was very funny. That was to let us know that Mulder is really (laughs) hustling in the woods. Yeah. yeah. Uh, My next note is cool laser fence, dude. Yeah, pretty cool laser fence. (laughs) This is straight out of E.T., the Steven Spielberg movie. Like, this is what this reminds me of, this cleanup site with these, like, has... (laughs) They're like, E.T., the Steven Spielberg <laughs> movie. A lot of people haven't heard of this. Well, uh, it, it, Jenny, when you say the word E.T. inside of the X-Files, it just I just wanted to clarify that I was talking about the titular extraterrestrial. Mm, okay, okay, okay. Um, but there's this big sort of hose it all down with fire extinguisher foam situation happening. And there's a laser fence that protects the site so that, so that folks like Max can't get anywhere near it but Mulder who seems to take no caution whatsoever running through the woods at a full clip is uh undetected I mean I know that there's the iconic under the army truck which we've already talked about but there's also just this moment where he like crouches behind a tree and I'm like how is the entire military out here in these woods not seeing this fucking nerd in his leather jacket like with his camera Kristen, um, he's very hot. He's too hot to be detected okay. by the military. He is moldering about <laughs> through the woods hotly. And this is where, Kristen, I must ask you in a public forum, mm. when will we watch the Red Shoe Diaries? What is it again? Does it star David Duchovny? Oh, yes. Then we will watch it whenever you say we will watch it, Jenny, because this episode was actually very pivotal for me. I texted you about it, Jenny, but our listenership does not know. Clearly, I know that Fox Mulder is hot. Clearly, I know that Dana Scully is hot. Okay, undeniable facts. This episode marks the moment when I actually fell in love with Fox Mulder. Like, I... I fell for a fox before I fell for Dana, and now I'll do anything you want me to do that relates to David Duchovny. So you say the word. What if I told you that Red Shoe Diaries is an American anthology erotic drama (gasps) series that aired on Showtime Cable Network from 1992 to 1997 and was distributed by Playboy Entertainment Overseas? It is a spin-off of the television film of the same name directed by Zalman King. Most episodes were directed by either King or Raphael Eisenman. 
The storylines usually have a plot revolving around romantic intrigue and the sexual awakening of a woman who also often narrates sensuous love scenes with nudity as well as sultry, moody music. (laughs) Our characteristic for most episodes, there is no story arc or characters connecting the different stories other than Jake Winters, a.k.a. David Duchovny, (gasps) introducing each episode he's you see Kristen he's placed an ad in the newspaper under red shoes seeking women to mail in their personal diaries with stories of love passion and or betrayal wow he is then shown walking on desolate train tracks with his dog Stella <laughs> reading the letters well, anytime, each letter Jenny, becomes an word. episode I, I also I please listeners remind me to make a clip of what Jenny did with the cord of her headphones as she said, oh, what is it? What are the three words? Erotic. What is the title of what the, the heading of this thing? The, the genre? Erotic drama. American anthology erotic drama series. Erotic drama series. She had like a sort of untaught cord in her hand and she pulled it taut for each word. Erotic drama series. <laughs> it was wow. really good. So please remind me. I will share the footage with you. Um, anyway, I'll talk more about falling in love with Mulder, which I feel it was like overshadowed by this erotic situation, but it's important to me. So we'll get there. Um, but in the meantime, Colonel Calvin Henderson is, uh, in a bad mood. His soldiers- You just made the worst mistake of your life. By the way, we've left out that Mulder was bopped in the face with the butt of a rifle. He gets put in the UFO nerd equivalent of the drunk tank. Oh, my God. It's just like a bunch of fences, like, stacked on top of each other. Yep. Yep. And he meets a guy named Max Fennig. And you know what Max Fennig says, who's also being detained? He says, trust no one, Kristen. Have you ever thought about trusting no one? All the time. I don't don't trust. I don't trust no one. (laughs) Trust no one. Good. (laughs) Uh, yeah, he says a bunch of acronyms. Um, he- He's from NICAP, the National Investigative Committee of Aerial Phenomena. Uh, and he has a little cap that says NICAP. Get it? I get it. Can you buy a NICAP or are we supposed to be selling these? You know what I mean? Is NICAP real? <laughs> are any of these real? I know that I should have done the research, but I didn't. MUFON, KUFOS, PSYCOP. It's a lot of acronyms <laughs> that he asks Mulder, which, which uh, sort of like... Which UFO nerd family are you a part of? Like, is it Gryffindor? Is it, you know, right, Slytherin? Right. No, it's MUFON, KUFO, PSYCOP, and NICAP. <laughs> Those are your four houses <laughs> you can be sorted <laughs> into. Uh, he really wants to share a firm handshake and direct eye contact with Mulder. But alas, there is a fence between them. This is Scott Bellis, I believe is how we pronounce this actor's name. And I love him. We talked about him at the top already, but I just think he does an incredible performance start to finish uh, with this character of Max Fennig, who by reading between the lines, I imagine I may actually get to see again, which is great. Yeah, he's so great. Uh, he's so great. They He's like really trying to get Mulder to open up. Mulder is giving him absolutely nothing, which is weird because you'd think Mulder would be like, ah, yes, my people. Let's talk about it. But Mulder trusts no one. Trusts no one. <laughs> With the sunrise comes at long, sweet last. The end of the drought. It's special agent Dana Scully here to pick Mulder up from the drunk tank. This is some silhouette material we are working with here she is backlit she is just standing in the doorway and my note jenny is 
this silhouette, this might we say angel arrives. <laughs> uh, Mulder, so happy to see her. I didn't uh, order room service. <laughs> I I noted, Kristen, that you've never had to pick me up from containment of any sort that I could recall. And in this way, I am not like Mulder. Uh, it's true. But if I did pick you up, uh, you would say I didn't order room service or something like that. So yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, Chief McGrath, Scully says, wants to, she's so fucking mad. She's madder than she has been to date, which I'm not in love with Scully yet. I think she's attractive. I would date her. We're not in love yet. Okay, but this is great. I love to see her mad. Why are you always brave? This is actually you, Jenny. You're more the Scully in this scenario because she's like, why do you always have to break the rules? Do rules mean nothing to you? They want to shut down the X-Files. They want you out of the bureau. Mulder's like, yeah, yeah, it's another fucking day, another day in the life. Mm. Nothing new here. Uh, Scully gives him a perfectly reasonable explanation uh, for this quarantine cover-up. She says a Libyan jet came down with a nuclear warhead. And Mulder's like, that's a highly classified lie. Yeah. And and I feel like he's disappointed. This is like that feeling when your crush disappoints you with their lack of intuitive thinking. You know, like Mulder's just like, seriously, Scully, you really think like... Like, use the context clues and put that together with this story about a Libyan jet with a nuclear warhead, and you'll find that it doesn't add up. Um, So (laughs) humans may not be able to cross the cool laser fence, Jenny, but the little wiggle uh, alien is able to. I don't know that the the wiggly alien knows if it can, because it definitely wiggles about in indecision Uh for a minute before it decides (laughs) to break through the laser but ultimately invisibuddy just boops right through (laughs) and runs real fast so fast um my next location is written out as hotel motel holiday inn um oh no his motel room has been ransacked i feel like this is just always happening to him but in this case It's not the feds. It's not the CIA. It's not some government agency. Max's lower half is wriggling about inside the bathroom window. I write, Max is Winnie the Poohing his way out. This is like the Winnie the Pooh. You know what I'm talking about, though? I know what you're talking about, but Kristen, that would require this man to be unclothed from the waist down <laughs> so thank god he's not actually winnie the pooing i also love that so leading into this before they even go into the hotel room scully is like we have to go right like the x-files is in danger you are in danger of being booted from the fbi like we have to go there's a plane to catch and Mulder's like we got 24 hours baby and she's like for fuck's actual sake like why can we never just he says this he has this little line but he says it so sexily that i looked into it more where he says the last detail starring dana scully and i was like what does that mean and the last detail jenny is a movie from 1973 uh it stars Jack Nicholson, Otis Young, Randy Quaid, Clifton James, Carol Kane. And the plot line of The Last Detail is that it follows two career sailors who are assigned to escort a young, emotionally withdrawn recruit 
uh, from their base back to the naval prison in Maine. So it's like these, they're taking him on his last detail and they have a blast, right? Like they like drink at the bar and they this and they that. And so it, I thought it was a very fun little teeny line from Mulder because this is, <laughs> this is his last detail before he gets removed from the bureau and he wants to have a little fun. Kristen, mm. hold on to your butt because <laughs> the Portsmouth Naval Prison in Maine is here in Kittery. Oh, shit. What do you think about that? Wow, that's a weird, spooky coincidence. Okay, this is my favorite scene to date. Ten episodes in, my favorite scene is Max Fennig nerding the fuck out over Mulder. There's so much. Mulder has fans. This and like, Scully it, is like, oh, Christ. Oh, my God. It couldn't be worse for Scully. It was, like, bad enough when <laughs> she was rolling her eyes at Mulder, and now this man is like, I have read everything you've written. We follow your work closely. I recognized you, he says, that he recognized him. And also, he, of course, read his article in Omni about the Gulf Breeze sightings. The reaction shots of Scully in this, in this moment, is, uh, it's, un, it's unbelievable. It's so fucking good. Uh, Mulder published that article under a pseudonym, Kristen. Do you know what his pseudonym is? M.F. Looter. He thinks that M.F. Looter is... A passable anagram for F. Mulder. He's like, I put that, I wrote it under Mox Folder. How did you ever know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot about Mox Folder. <laughs> <laughs> but Scully gets hers too. Scully gets hers. Please go ahead, Jenny. Bring us, take us there. The enigmatic Dr. Scully. You must be. The enigmatic Dr. Scully. We're, we just had a live stream of uh, the recording for the next episode, Eve, and we sold shirts that's, that said Mrs. Spooky Mulder. And honestly, after watching this episode, I was like, well, I guess we need another one that say enigmatic Dr. Scully, because that's the one I would <laughs> like to wear. Um, it's just, it's, I think that this actor who plays Max is really phenomenal. Clearly, we know that Jillian and David are phenomenal. And it, there's something about the writing of the scene, the pacing of the scene, and these three actors do it, de delivering these lines that just, it's beautiful. Um, and um, in case you thought you it couldn't get better, uh, between the reveal that he writes <laughs> under the pen name M.F. Luder, we also <laughs> get a moment of very significant eye contact between Scully and Mulder. All right. So Max has his is this is I called it his Airstream trailer the whole time. That's right, right? Like a silver silver bullet. That's what I called it too. So if we both say it then it must be true. That's right. He's got the trailer like literally parked across the What was he going to do? Go out the back window to the trailer and then drive it away? Like it just <laughs> It feels like it wasn't a very well thought out uh, burglar. I don't think it's even hooked up to anything, Kristen. <laughs> just sitting there. You're just going to run in and hide. Yeah. <laughs> this is where I fall in love. In case you want to chart Kristen's romantic relationship with Fox Mulder. When he is it when he smiles so big at Scully as she is clearly hating this? Yes. Yes. It's like he's like he, he has been out nerded. Like he has walked into it's like. 
it's like he knows that he's a he's a UFO nerd, but like it's fun to laugh at someone else who's taken it a couple steps further. But he's like enjoying <laughs> it. He's delighted by it. And yes, he is thrilled more than he has ever been thrilled that Scully is standing inside of this Airstream trailer being forced to like stand amongst like dangly fucking earth baubles and like stacks of ufo books and radio <laughs> transmitters and like it's oh it's so good so um yeah i'm in love uh congrats to you both well i mean i don't know how he feels but thank you <laughs> well thank god scully's a medical doctor because she is clocking fennig's prescriptions which will come into play later mm-hmm. uh he's got this big old super receiver uh on which he has a recording of Deputy Wright calling in the fire, and then 35 minutes later, a very distressed call from the fire crew. I also really love that, to sort of illustrate this, like, out-nerding that is happening, it's like, okay, Scully doesn't believe anything that Mulder is saying about aliens, and the first exchange that Max and Mulder have is Max being like, you gotta see these Project Argus pictures, like, the crop circles, fraud or fact, and Mulder's like, "Ah, fraud, not true, like, I can distinguish, (laughs) like, truth from uh, falsity. Falsity? You know what I mean. Fucking Colonel Schmernel is like, the dirt has been sifted, stirred, and flambeed, and no, sir, it <laughs> will not get away. Not this time. Um, okay. He's been covering, digging up, squeezing, and sifting all the land in sight. That's right. <sighs> While he's assuring someone about the thoroughness of his sifting, Mulder and Scully visit a sort of evacuation shelter mm-hmm. uh they're there to talk to deputy wright's wife she wants to be left alone especially because oh god they won't release his body so that she can give him a proper burial and they said if she talked to anyone they would withhold her husband's pension so um fuck that <laughs> fuck that and also this is like a there's a little bit of like white nonsense here in in like this uh black woman with her young child whose husband has died being like if you would like to help me leave me alone and Mulder and Scully being like or what if we didn't and then Latoya has brought up a few times and, and we haven't like talked about it a ton but we have talked about it a bit that like there's a certain amount of lack of care for the some of the people in these episodes. And I felt like this was one of the moments that struck me the most because we literally never hear about this woman or her child ever again. And like, if they had never interacted with her, that's one thing, right? Like, we we wouldn't have known that this wife has been threatened and all this stuff has happened. But they like give us this full scene to set up the fact that the government has told this woman that they will not give her her husband's pension if she says anything about the circumstances of his death. And we get all the way to the end of the episode and the and the punch of the episode is, of course, like the deep throat of it all. And we'll talk about that. And that's important. But it just feels it feels less than cool to give us that and then not give us any resolution to that or even see our two main characters going back or like you know, doing anything else for this woman and her kid, you know, I just, it just, Mm -hmm. it, it underlined a bit of what Latoya has been saying for me this season, which I had agreed with, but not felt as much until right now. I'd like to see them care a little bit more about um, Mrs. Wright and her son. Yeah. 
Buffering, a rewatch adventure, is sponsored by Care Of. Care Of is a health and wellness company that ships high-quality, personalized vitamins, supplements, and powders conveniently to your door every month. All you do to get started is take a short, simple online quiz about your lifestyle and health goals, and Care Of will give you doctor-backed recommendations. Their app helps you track how you're feeling and play back insights about your results over time so you can actually adjust your routine as your needs change. It's very cool. My number one health goal in this and every season is keeping my energy at maximum capacity. (laughs) A lot of little tributaries feed into that larger stream and contribute to your energy level. But a really important one is B vitamins. B for bright, for bubbly, for buoyant, for feeling better. B for buffering. I think the vitamin B is working, Jenny. (laughs) I think so, too. For 50% off your first Care Of subscription order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code REWATCH50. That's 50% off your first Care Of subscription order. Just go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code REWATCH50. Hey, it's Mae Whitman, and I play Frankie in the new Realm podcast, The Sisters. The Sisters is about a museum curator of medical oddities who investigates the origins of a mutated skeleton with two layers of bones. Soon, she uncovers an extraordinary mystery that connects her present with one family's tragic past in hauntingly dangerous ways. Listen to The Sisters wherever you get your podcasts. The lights go out. The soldiers have like they're using like heat sensor technology to track this mm-hmm. little little bugger. Yeah, and the score is all like <laughs> and also I'm pretty sure it's in the score and not in the actors' performances. There's like <sighs> I think there's heavy breathing in the music. I could be wrong. Well, just just a couple clicks away from women vocalizing eerily. That's right. And no one is safe from the fisheye and its bright light and its ability to make you waggle your head really fast until you burn up. Yeah, this alien kills, in my notes I write, like Dark Willow, question mark? Like, is it shooting lightning bolts at the people? Well, I would like to see... I would like to see them. It wasn't in the budget, Kristen. Sorry to, sorry to report it was not in the budget for us to see... Invisibly, they spent too much money up. making space. They had to scale back for those guys. Money well spent. All right. Everybody's sleeping great at night. So we go to the hospital. Um, this doctor is a good time. He lasts all of a half of one second. Uh, he's like, I can't tell you anything. And then he turns around and very loudly says, I hate fascists. I'm like, <laughs> Sir. <laughs> Um, and Scully is, you know, Scully is as excited as Mulder was when he walked into the Airstream trailer when she walks into this hospital because now she is amongst things she knows how to talk about. Did you notice any cadaveric heat rigor or heat stiffening, she said? (laughs) Uh, And he's all like, well, there was quite a bit of flexion in the limbs. You know what she says. Yeah, we all know what she says, but let's fucking hear it anyway. I did my residency in uh, forensic medicine. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's a medical doctor, and don't worry, she's gonna get her fucking jingle later. Um, 
Mulder immediately wants to know if these burns, these fifth and sixth degree burns um, that he says these patients had, DOA, they were dead on arrival, Jenny. I'm almost a doctor at this point. Um, he asks... <laughs> <laughs> he asks if Ugh. the burns could have been caused by ionizing radiation. Um, be- That's what I'm always saying. Me too. Um, he's got a, believe it or not, he's got a stack of files uh, where the where the deaths of various abductees have been caused <gasps> by burns uh, that have been ionized radiation burns. Hard to imagine Mulder with a stack of files, I gotta say. <laughs> Uh, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. More extreme burns have just arrived. They're coming in along with Colonel Calvin Henderson, who gives Mulder such a look that I had to nominate them for an STA. Oh, this is it, because I, I refer to him in this scene as Colonel Glare. Um, they yeah, really yeah. have, a, there's a lot of, I mean, fifth and sixth degree burns could have been possible with the look exchanged between Mulder and uh, Colonel here. It just feels like you know how um, you know how sometimes like two people hate each other yeah. in a rom com, but then oops, yeah. they're in love. I was gonna and, like, say there's some kind of correlation between like uh, equal passion mm-hmm. on yeah. both sides of the line. Yeah, they gotta bang it out is what I thought you were gonna say. Then I I can support that. <laughs> I think that the Colonel and Mulder could back because I mean their 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 argument is uh alien kill it alien don't kill it you know like they both yeah they both understand that they're dealing with aliens and they're just dealing with it in two very different ways so i agree i i would like to nominate for them to bang it out as well now jenny something happened here and because i have two significant eye contacts and this is this is uh the second one here it's uh, the colonel looks at um, Mulder and glares, and then we we see these burn victims, and uh, Scully looks at Mulder very significantly. And this is a significant eye contact that cuts to commercial. And I know we only have, like, one jingle here, but it just feels like I, I'm going to keep a personal tally of when okay, okay. significant eye contacts cut to, because that that is a significant, significant eye contact, you know? Uh, yeah, an SEC C to C. For sure. Yeah, SEC C to C. Notable. Sean Mark, hit that jingle and then maybe just take us out of the episode. I don't know if we deserve to be here. He can't kick us out just like Colonel Henderson can't kick Scully out of the hospital because she's a medical doctor. Oh my God. Jingle to back to back jingles. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Oppenheim's like, in my ER, I make the rules. And then Anderson is like, well, nobody can stop me from kicking Mulder out. Yeah. So I'm going to do that. <laughs> also, this is um, one of the beats that Latoya pointed out when we said you overlay the Jersey Devil uh, with this episode, it's is this scene in the hospital when Mulder says to the colonel, we want the same thing. You just want it dead. You're making it defend itself, which is a questionable argument in this episode anyway, because fucking Invisibuddy has just killed. It just seems like Invisibuddy is killing with abandon. Um, yeah, right. 
Yeah, uh, but it is the same thing that Mulder, like the same line that Mulder uses in Jersey Devil. It's be like it's it's only killing because you're threatening it, and I and I think that is a cool thing to like double down on in terms of just the larger scope of it all, right? That we, if you don't know what something is and you threaten it, you can't then say that that thing is violent if it defends itself, which is something that we could talk about in many ways. Um, but it does feel a little bit. I don't know that he uses like the same words to say this concept to illustrate this mm-hmm. concept and that like clearly mm-hmm. Invisibuddy is killing whoever it wants. It just wants to get Max is now the time to ask the questions that I should not be asking, which is why do these alien why does Invisibuddy and his Invisibuddy friends why do they want Max back? Nobody knows. Nobody knows they're like, "Oh, we left some important hardware in behind his, his ear." In his ear, yeah. Mulder goes and knocks on Max's airstream, and when he does not get an answer, he just lets himself in. I mean, fair. And finds Max having a seizure. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, it seems like Mulder maybe knows a thing or two about being a medical doctor. You know, he does a really good job. <laughs> he knows exactly how to, like, hold Max during his seizure. And mm-hmm. um, Max sort of, you know, finishes seizing and explains to Mulder that he has had a long history with epilepsy. He's not... He's not traumatized by the seizure, right? He's had them for his whole life. But he is saying, like, I am, I take medication for this. So I've not experienced this in a really long time. And it's out of but character. But he also says that he has no memory of his seizures when he has them. So mm. even if he had experienced one recently, how would he know? True. He lives alone in an Airstream. True. But even if you, like... Well, Mulder's not always there <laughs> to hold you in your season. That song goes perfectly with my next note, which is Mulder tucks Max in. He literally like tucks him into bed. It is so sweet and gentle. And I then, have the same note. <laughs> he doesn't wait very long before he touches the back of Max's ear. And like, I just... <laughs> I just yeah. Did Max really fall asleep, or is he just like holding his breath, being like Mulder's touching Mulder, me? Mulder, yes. I'm just going to remain asleep. Be cool. Be cool, be cool. Be cool. Be <laughs> mm-hmm. cool. Um, but Mulder sees this sort of. This is cool. I like this triangle scar. I like this, like you know, makeup effect that is that they've given him behind his ear. This little V scar that Mulder has. Um, seen before now he's not going to get his slideshow jingle but i will tell you that if we were at the j edgar hoover building this shit would have been a fucking slideshow this next scene where he pulls out all of his printed out uh photos of the other scars that look just like this one you're trying to will a slideshow jingle into existence no i'm saying it would be here if we were at the j edgar hoover building we are not it is not a slideshow okay okay this is, I write in my notes, by far the hottest Mulder has looked to date. Yeah. He, I wrote panting in my notes. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same closed caption from earlier in the episode, but it's just us watching this scene. <laughs> um, I wrote, he is wearing an aubergine polo, probably preparing for my funeral since his polo is unbuttoned and showing some chest hair. He's wearing wire rimmed glasses this is a little too much honestly for me it's it's a little too much for me it's giving where's me... your sense of decency fox network <laughs> not fox Mulder, fox network it's giving me um the hulk before the hulk's transformation 
vibes. Mm. Science bros let Fox Mulder in, you know? Like, that's what uh-huh, it's giving uh-huh. me. Um, Scully comes in. She's so tired from her day at the hospital. Yeah, they lost all but two of the burn victims. <sighs> Mulder, and I like this, asks her what she thinks is going on out there. And maybe on a different day, she would be glad to be asked. But she's like, I don't know. And usually I would want to know, but we have to be on a plane in like an hour. And he's like, well, what if I showed you some photos of some abductees with some scars behind their ears? And Kristen, did you notice the way that Mulder is looking at Scully here? I, I most of the vibes in this scene to me were trying to get your three year old out the door when they have a lot of other things to do. So tell me, tell me how he looks at Scully. He is kind of looking up at her like a kid, like a, like kid. a kid, right? Yeah, yeah. Please, please, can't we just look at the scar just real quick, please? Yeah. <laughs> he wants her medical opinion. <laughs> he's he's like trying every tactic he knows. Um, but she yeah, does yeah, give yeah. in. She says, fine, we can stop. Also, she says we can stop en route to the airport or like on the way to the airport. And I've forgotten the whole time that like <laughs> the trailer is literally just right in front of their door. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Before they go to. Um, oh, I actually, Jenny, to, you asked how he looks at Scully. And I just saw in my notes that I did write, honestly, how many times can I give them the significant eye contact jingle? So it does right. seem that I, I did, but I felt like two was the limit. Like I can't, I can't give it a sure. thing. The two is enough. Um, but we go back to my favorite character in this episode besides Max, which is this girl who's like, okay, it's a meteor. <laughs> Jenny, yeah, uh, there's a much larger craft. I mean, meteor. <laughs> Are you familiar with the, is it a TikTok? I think it's a TikTok and it's probably a comedian or just a girl who happens to be funny. And she she's playing both God and the angel. Uh, and it, she comes back and she says, okay, I like did what you told me to do. And God is like, you made the dinosaurs meteor. And she's like, meteor and then got and it's just her back and forth meteor meteor it's so are you have you never seen this it's so fucking funny it's one of my favorite no. uh tiktoks of all time yes uh, that sounds good to me i just thought about it ever, like throughout this episode so many times because they said said the word meteor so many times but i'm going to uh send it to you jenny so you can watch it and i will link it in the show notes so that everyone can enjoy this um, beautiful but the self-satisfaction with which this woman says the meteor seems to be hovering over a small town <laughs> is good it is good she's great she's great i wish that what? we got more of her so uh, there's a little um, alien vision cam going into the airstream. Um, the alien sees zoop, zoop. a little zoop into the airstream, sees Max's bloody ear or causes Max's bloody ear or both. It feels pretty much like he's causing, he's causing Max's it. bloody ear. Why? What's happening? What is what does Invisibuddy want? Uh, it seems like honestly, it might be none of our business, Jenny. I like I. That's <laughs> true. I don't think anybody really cares for us. To then know. Max's eyes pop open. Oh, is Invisibuddy? Could Invisibuddy enter Max's body? body? That's what no. Mars. That's what a Mars ghosty alien does. I don't think that Mars. Yeah, ghost... we just saw that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think Mars Ghosty is a different species than Invisibody in the alien chart, right? Oh, yeah. Because Mars Ghosty was certainly visible. Um, and Invisibody is certainly not. I thought you were going to ask if Max could see Invisibody. If if Invisibody is only invisible to those not abducted. Once abducted, Ooh. you can see the alien. Ooh. I like that idea. All we know is that Max opens his eyes and we get a fade to white, an effect I always love. Um, <laughs> what happens? No one knows. Now we're in the airstream, but Scully and Mulder are there. Max is missing. Scully sees blood on the pillowcase. A lot of lines about identifying this clear blood spatter. Uh, Scully, do you uh, yeah, see this? Mulder. What is that? Blood? blood? <laughs> Maybe? <laughs> That feels like I don't know, but I now I hang out with so many TV people and listen to so many TV people talk that my mind is like network asked for it. Like I just like immediately <laughs> think that that's what's happening when we get these like very obvious lines. Um, but Mulder hears on this intercept radio situation that Max has that, <laughs> that there's an unidentified trespass at Dock Seven, and he looks at Scully, and Scully is like, "For fucks." actual sake because she knows that we're going to dock seven she knows there's no way she either Mulder's going or they're both going and she knows this by now um Mulder's sort of like petition to Scully is that Max is a nomad he moves around he uses a word that is very unfortunate Latoya points out he says two words why not just say nomad uh anyone's guess mm-hmm but Max, as a person who moves around and is never in one spot for a long time, was right here. Don't you think, Scully, that that was more than a coincidence? Then my notes say, do you have the keys? Scully rolls her eyes. Ah, it's always a good day for Scully to roll her eyes. Doc 7, not to be confused with Eve 6, Max is there. Wow. Thank you. Yeah, uh, some guys in a military jeep approach him he says don't do this colonel henderson tells them to take him out cut to these dudes fucking fried up i have scully trench coat a go-go um in my notes be more specific scully is wearing a trench coat and i guess i'm into it um the three of them run the the colonel did you already say that the colonel says like that is not a civilian take that man with extreme caution um Mm. The three of them run into some structure that's on this dock, and Max starts suffering from deep distress. Uh, he's in pain. He's saying it hurts. He's saying they're coming for me. Scully oh, is Max. witnessing this, and Mulder says, Scully, <laughs> Scully, keep them out of here. Keep the whole army out of here. I- I- <laughs> Distract them with your medical doctor facts. I thought you were going to say distract them with your medical doctor boobs which made me laugh but you didn't say Christian. that. I'm sorry I I didn't respect, say it. She is a medical doctor and you will respect her. Medical doctors don't have boobs. We all know this. That's right. Um, They immediately cuff Scully when she goes out there and then they sort of smoosh sticky dynamite on the doors um, of this thing. This is really like, I don't, I mean, I don't want to be inside of a building with dynamite stuck to the doors, but I kind of do want to get to smoosh it on the door. It's very satisfying how they like. Yeah. Yeah. It's got like a real Play-Doh vibe. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I'd like to sculpt a really cool snake right now. Yeah. (laughs) 
I'd like to make some spaghetti in my spaghetti machine, <laughs> my, my Play-Doh spaghetti machine. Um, they see three forms inside of the structure. Did you say three? I said three. How could there be three forms, Jenny? Got me, Kristen. Oh, wait. It's Mulder, Max, and Invisibuddy. Oh, shit. Invisibuddy, not invisible on the heat sensor, turns out. Mm-hmm. Max screams. The alien, I think, Jenny, you said flicks Mulder. Just just, just flicks bing. him. Just pops him right across the little building yeah. here. And then levitates Max. Yeah. Yeah. And Mulder is like, Max! Much like Ruby! <laughs> I love this. I, I don't know how people feel about this effect. I fucking love it. Max's body is like kind of glowing it's floating in midair and it it feels like an effect that was so close to maybe being cheesy and maybe people think it is i don't know but for me it fucking works i think it's just like very cool and fun yeah i think it it is totally effective and has in my opinion stood up to the test of time yeah i agree uh terrible news yeah I mean, well, we don't really know if it's terrible. Well, news. News. <laughs> uh, Max is gone. And according to the heat sensors outside, so is Invisibuddy. Yeah. Only Mulder remains inside, picking up Max's nightcap hat. Do you think Invisibuddy, like, took the cap off and dropped it? Like, he kept all of his other clothes, right? So Yeah, like- I th- I don't think it was, like, a um, rapture kind of thing. Right. I think he was just... Whoop, 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 whooping. Uh-huh. As you do uh, when you're caught off. in the beam of an invisibuddy. That's fair. And uh, it was jostled off of his head. Okay. Yeah, fair. Where is he? Mulder says, he's gone. They got to him first. They beat us, Colonel. Colonel says, arrest him. These two, you're right, Jenny, actually. They absolutely <laughs> yeah, need to bang it out. Yeah, they're definitely going to kiss. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why? They beat up. Wait, I thought Mulder was like, aliens are so cool and we should just like be nice to them so that they'll tell us about all their cool stuff. Uh, But now it's they beat us to Max. They Uh, beat us to. Yeah. Like, well, I'm sure that Mulder feels complicated about aliens because they also took his sister, according to him. So... hmm. I feel like Mulder has like an understanding of the fact that the aliens are probably doing research on humans, this life form they've found on another planet and like gets it from a scientific perspective, but also has empathy for humans who are being abducted and doesn't want that to happen. So I think he wants to know about aliens. He doesn't want to kill them without good cause because that seems uncool, but he also wants to save Max and he didn't save Max. Yeah. In the aftermath, Special Agent Dana Scully sits at the end of the world's longest conference table. I'm so sorry. This is really objectifying of me, but my note is, damn, she looks hot. Be that as it may, she's having to absorb uh, McGrath, section head McGrath, being all like, Mulder and his expenses, and he don't that cursed Mulder. He did his kooky UFO thing again. He got us. Oh, how could we let it happen again? He's got to go. I'm giving him the boot. Scully is like, permission to make a statement. And he's like, denied. And she's like, I'm going to make a statement anyway. And then her statement is, 
It's unfair to judge Agent Mulder by the same criteria. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, she's like, you don't understand, sir. He's simply obsessed with aliens. <laughs> uh, oh, so every once in a while, Jenny talks at such a high frequency that I can't hear her. And then I only hear what she says when I listen back to the episode later. And like 80% of your impersonation of the FBI dude was off mic for me. Like I didn't. Yeah. Well, you got the idea, right? I got the idea. It reminded me of the, um, the policeman in Frosty the Snowman, how he gets all flustered and like swallows his whistle. That was like the vibe that I got from your impression of this guy. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yes, uh, Scully tries to fight for her boyfriend is how I uh, summarized this moment. It doesn't work. Um, but Mulder doesn't give a shit. Like, that's the biggest personality. Mulder's like, they're building a gallows in the town square for me. And then uh, pixelated sunglasses fall from the ceiling and, like, land on his face. <laughs> Oh, she says his leg is injured. He's on crutches. She says, good luck. And he says, I'll break a leg. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So, okay. Mulder goes into this room as Scully reads the newspaper about the toxic spill cleanup and wonders about all the truths she's ever believed in. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's an incredible, there's an incredible exchange. It starts with. Mulder losing his shit. Everyone in this room knows it was aliens, essentially, is what we get. <laughs> and then, Jenny, you would like to play a, a sound clip to illustrate the balance of this scene, would you not? Oh, yeah. Colonel Henderson's written testimony states that Fennig's body was found two hours later in a cargo container. Then what can I say? How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? That will be all, Mr. Mulder. (sighs) You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer. Because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Mulder said the truth is out there. Okay, outside mm-hmm. in the most resplendent and uh, spared no expense courtyard. Seriously, inspiration for the Scruffy Minds computer room right here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Section Head McGrath is so pissed at someone. Who? Who is he pissed at? Oh my God. It's Deep Throat. Deep Throat blocked them from booting Mulder and closing the X-Files. Incredible. Iconic. Deep throat. You're amazing. But wait, perhaps his motivation was not actually rooted in his abiding love for Mulder and Mulder's work. You and I both know that Mulder's work, his singular passion, poses a most unique dilemma. But his occasional insubordination is, in the end, far less dangerous. With respect, sir, less dangerous than what? Than having him exposed to the wrong people. What he knows, (laughs) what he thinks he knows. 
<sighs> Always keep your friends close, Mr. McGrath. But keep your enemies closer. Shit, my last note, my response to this is all caps. Well, well, well. Uh, well, well, well. The throat is even deeper than we <laughs> at first imagined. <laughs> the throat just keeps on going. <sighs> and, well. and this has been the Red Shoe Diaries. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Speaking of a throat that keeps on going, Kristen, wow. it's time for the Sexual Tension Awards, baby. Of course it is. Welcome back to another installment of the Sexual Tension Awards. Today we have four very cool slots jam-packed with some very tempting noms. And here I'm going to detail them for you. I thought that there was tell more you. room in the noms, actually. I didn't think they were jam-packed. I thought that the whole point of your transition was that there was plenty of room in here. What? Kristen, let's not split hairs. Uh, that's not really what the STAs are all about. Uh, in the first slot, it's always nice to meet a fan, you know? Uh, and Mulder has definitely done that, perhaps for the first time ever in this episode. Let him have this one, everybody. It's NICAP and MF Looter. Oh, my God. MF Looter. You know, recently we had a business call. We had a business meeting and the man on the business meeting looked at us, Jenny and I, and said, so are you two comedians? And we said, no, 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 sir. Excuse us. We must perform We're just our two next girls. act. <laughs> In slot number two, we all know that uh, mystery can really add an exciting layer to romance. That is why slot number two is full of Fox Mulder and the enigmatic Dr. Scully. Oh, God, he was so excited when he repeated back to her the enigmatic Dr. Scully. He was so excited. <laughs> Honestly, this is its own Red Shoe Diary. <laughs> Truly. Really. Dear Red Shoes... <laughs> I'm a medical doctor, but I'm a bit of an enigma. <laughs> oh, it's slot number three. These boys better kiss before they kill each other. Sparks are flying, but who can say for sure what kind? It's Mulder and Colonel Calvin Henderson. Fucking kiss for safety, you know? <laughs> and in slot number four. It had to be done, and we're the only ones brave enough to do it. It's all of us and Mulder in his wire-rimmed glasses with his little polo shirt unbuttoned. La, 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 la. We need to know what you think, beautiful friends. We need you to cast a vote, if you don't mind, in our Sexual Attention Award poll. It'll be live uh, when this episode goes up for about five days. You can find it. By visiting bufferingcast.com slash STA. That'll take you to our poll over on Patreon. You don't need to be a patron to vote. You just need an account for your vote to be counted. 
Oh my god. Also, it's way it's way more fun. I mean, clearly better than Twitter for many reasons. Uh, but one of my favorite things about moving the poll over to Patreon is that I can now actually fit the full nom in the slot. Oh. You know, like I would have to like shorthand a lot of them to fit them in the character limit before, but there is no character limit on Patreon, so I can put the full thing in there. Hell yes. Yeah. All right, so come vote, please, because uh, your your voice matters. Thank you. <laughs> well, Kristen. I'm fucking ready, Jenny. I'm ready. I know week. that you can see a lot, but what about when you gaze into that beautiful amethyst globe seeking answers? Can you see that which is invisibility? Of course I can, Jenny. Oh, tremendous. Okay, tell me all about what you see today in your crystal ball. This is a big one. This is like the crystal ball was designed for episodes like this, really, you know, because this has got some big stuff in it. First of all, um, Latoya actually submitted a question to Kristen's crystal ball this week. Um, <laughs> Latoya said, first of all, this is a really cool point. Latoya said, nowadays, the theory would be that maybe Deep Throat is all in Mulder's mind or imagination because we have only ever seen Deep Throat talk to Mulder, never Scully, right? Uh, even with scenes where he's talking to the FBI guy, right? We've never seen Scully does not know that Deep Throat exists. Uh, Deep Throat doesn't care about Scully, apparently. Latoya says, Kristen, does Deep Throat ever talk to Scully? I say no. All right. Okay, so that All my right. crystal ball sees no. Um, Deep Throat does not ever talk to Scully. Um, and to that end, to the Deep Throat end, because this is a big deal, right? Deep Throat has been a source for Mulder, believed to be probably like good on the side of good until this episode when he seems to suggest that you want to keep your enemies closer, a.k.a. Mulder. I'm not convinced. My crystal ball is not convinced that this is actually the truth. It's My crystal ball suggests that perhaps the enemy still is the government here and that what Deep Throat is saying is actually true. He means it. But the enemy is the guy he's talking to over by this fucking governmental pond or wherever we are. Um, All right. It's too soon to tell. My crystal ball is not super clear on this, but I still I'm not I'm not ready to throw in the towel on deep throat here. I don't I don't think that this guy is not to be trusted yet. You're loyal. I love it. Yeah. What else? Yeah. I'm Italian. Um my other crystal ball uh, reveal this week, a, a lot of times the crystal ball likes to show me um, Scully and Mulder kissing. I, I, don't, it, I don't ask it. It just shows it to me. Sure. And it shows, sure, sure. it shows me like reasons why, like motivations for how this might happen for the first time. And this week, the crystal ball suggested that Mulder and Scully would be in a situation that they think might kill them, that they think they might not get out of. And this is what's going to have them admit feelings for each other at the very least, kiss at the most. Maybe we'll get both. But I think they will be in a dire circumstance for these two to actually stop fucking around 
and just smooch already. <laughs> um, Jenny, I also was excited that LaToya asked me a question. Uh, yeah, I love that LaToya asked you a question. Yeah, so I have a little surprise for you and all of our <gasps> listeners this week, which is you can ask my crystal ball a question for free, no, free of charge. You can ask it whatever you want. You just have to email crystalball at bufferingcast.com. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so if you would like to know any of the predictions, you know, maybe you haven't seen the series. You just want to know. Maybe you know and you want to see how accurate my crystal ball is. Uh, crystal okay, ball okay. doesn't like to be challenged, but bring it. Uh, Incredible. Send, send over your questions. Jenny, do you, <laughs> do you have any questions this week? No, no, I think you've gone above and beyond, Kristen, <laughs> and uh, this is truly Great. a crystal ball for the record books. <laughs> well, Kristen, I would say the status of this X-File is covered, dug up, squeezed, and sifted. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Invisibody Thank you. still out there, though. <laughs> now, if... If I were to squint and not be able to see you, I can't tell. What is that figure moving about? Could you at least identify yourself for me? It would be my pleasure, Kristen. Uh, Though I am but a wiggly shape upon the horizon. (laughs) Lo, I am Jenny Owen Youngs. And when I'm not watching the X-Files or Buffy or Yellow Jackets, I am often making music. My latest release is an instrumental album called From the Forest Floor. Um, It was made in collaboration with John Mark Nelson, who edits The Pod. Uh, It features contributions from your friends and mine, Rishi K. Shearway and Jess Abbott. Uh, It's a very cool, vibey, 12-song cycle that's uh, meant to feel like 24 hours spent in the woods. Uh, You can find it wherever you stream music. Also, this time next week, something else will have happened uh in jenny music land and i'm pretty excited about it so stay tuned find me on twitter instagram tiktok wherever you social out uh give me a shout at jenny owen youngs in any of those spots i am Kristen russo um and when i'm not waiting in anticipation to find out what the hell is going to happen in the land of jenny owen youngs music uh, I am uh, working with and for LGBTQ plus communities. I do events uh, for workplaces. Um, we are still in the month of June, so I'm just wrapping up a month of speaking to many folks at many different workplaces, and it's been really rad. Um, you can learn more about that at kristinnoline.com. Uh, that's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. Follow me using that spelling of my first and middle name on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Buffering a rewatch adventure is on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at BufferingCast. In fact, we're trying a new little thing where uh, we're posting at least one little video clip of our taping of an episode. Are you mad at me? Kristen's laughing no, at me and like I'm just laughing because I did wa- I did one. I, I I've successfully done one and now it's like it's a new thing. Look, ready? Here comes another question mark. <laughs> <laughs> well we're just trying it out. We're just trying it out to see mm-hmm. how it feels. Uh so come on over to TikTok yeah. and or wherever else at Buffering Cast. And uh you can drop us an email at hello at bufferingcast.com. 
Jenny floofed her hair before we started because she knew that now this this video footage might wind up. On <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, well, let me let me take my hair out of this hair tie and make sure it's not stuck in the hood of my hoodie. <laughs> I was like Googling like blue. I wear like uh, when I don't wear my actual glasses that have blue light filter in them. I have like this $10 blue light filter set of glasses from Target that like were fine until now because now I'm like, well, these glasses aren't cool at all. I'm going to be all over TikTok wearing these glasses. So all over TikTok. (laughs) No stone left unturned. Anyway, no tick left untalked. Yeah, Jenny looking, Jenny floofing her hair. Kristen looking for better glasses because now we're fucking on TikTok, kids. Mm. Uh, if you'd like to support two old ladies who fucking <laughs> can't do it anymore, you can. We're on Patreon at patreon.com/slash bufferingcast. You can leave us a review on iTunes. You can shop in our store. All of those things on our website, bufferingcast.com. This episode was produced by Kristen Russo, Jenny Owen Youngs, and Latoya Ferguson with support from our consultant, Mackenzie McDade. It was edited by John Mark Nelson. Until next time. Invisibuddy is out there. <gasps> wow. Wander with us into a world of magic. Do you lack magic? Ever since I was born, I could hear the spirits of the other world. Where old stories take on a new life. If you break even one of these conditions, the consequence is death. And the world is teeming with possibilities. It's midnight, girls! They're here! Get ready to change! Well, for the last time, we're not kissing, Fritz! Join Jenny and Madeline in this fantastical audio drama as they journey into the stories you grew up with as you've never heard them before. You are no more than a demon! Okay, gown. Let's do this. And reinvent fairy tales with a feminist twist. Ready for your next adventure? Then we'll see you soon in the forest of feminist fairy tales.